Hello, I'm Lily Holt, and welcome to the 6th Grade Explorers Dreamtime Story Podcast. You might want to get your parents' permission before you listen to this podcast, just because some of the stories might not be appropriate for your age group. Anyway, in this podcast, you'll hear Dreamtime Stories, which are stories that explain things in the style of the Aboriginal Australians. First up is a team called Purple Cannibal Penguins. to story time with Team Purple Cannibal Penguins from the 6th Grade Explorers Classroom. We are sharing with you our Dreamtime stories. Here is our first story read by Lucian. One day a child was walking home from school. He had a good day but he was still sad. That day in school his class learned about Aboriginal art and culture. His teacher had told them about the human world, the physical world, and the sacred world. He had enjoyed it at the time, but now he was filled with an overwhelming desire to meet his ancestors. He had heard a story about spirits being in the stars, so when he got home, he went to his room and looked out the window. He did this for many years and started to waste away. Eventually, he died. When he died, he became a spirit and joined his ancestors. Coming Coming up next is The Fisherman, read by Connor. One day there was a fisherman who saw something on the shore. He worried that it might be a bear or a wolf waiting for him to come to the shore. He grabbed his spear. Then he saw it. It was a wisp. The sun would set soon. He decided to sail to the shore and follow it. The wisp led him through the forest to a cave. The sun had set now. Then out of the cave there appeared a dragon. It jumped out of the cave and flew up into the night. It came back and landed on top of the cave entrance. The fisherman threw the spear. It hit the dragon on the leg, but it was too far to the side and slid against the dragon's scales and flew past it. The dragon shot a fireball at the fisherman. It hit him straight in the chest. He fell down and was losing conscious. He, he shut his eyes and never opened them again. From that day on, he has been a spirit. And finally, here is the last story, Earthquakes, read by Lauren. Once upon a time, in ancient New Zealand, there was a dingo named Dane. Dane had a friend, a sugar glider named Ark. Together, they were an unstoppable team. One day, there was a rumbling in the ground. Suddenly, the ground split open. Animals all over were swallowed up by the ground. It was then that Dane and Ark decided to go search for this mysterious force. And when they found it, they would kill it, and kill it however many times it took to kill it for good. So on the seventh day of the fifth month, Dane and Ark went to find this ear coal monster, as they called it. They took bread, cheese, and water. Soon they were off. They traveled for many days and nights and were tired out when they ran out of, and were tired out when they ran out of food. Three days. That is how long Dane and Ark went out without went without food. Then they found the cave. In the cave there was an animal that looked like Dane, but was darker lots of black stripes. Hungry? It said. Yes! They both shouted. Come and come in. I have eucalyptus stew prepared. And by the way, my name is Lucre. Dane and Ark spent two nights at Lucre's cave. When, Ju- when Dane said that he and Ark needed to leave, Lucre's eyes glazed over and a small fissure opened up at his feet. No! He roared. Dane stumbled backward and fell down. 
The next night, Ark was thinking, you know, Dane, I've been thinking, Dane, Dane? It was then that he realized that Dane wasn't in the cave. Ark ran out of the cave and then around to the secret hole that he had discovered. He pressed his ear to the wall and crack, he fell through the wall. Well, 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 what do we have here? said Lucre. Ark, said Dane, get out now. Too late, said Lucre. And then Lucre started to transform. He got bigger and fatter. Soon he was a big barf-colored blob with beady black eyes and a sideways mouth. I am the ear call. Lucre hissed, the ground split open, and Dane fell in. Dane, no! Screamed Ark. Hmm, haven't had a meal this good since last week, said the Earl. And I will consume all. No, you won't. Dane, said Ark. You're back. Never mind that now, said Dane. We need to defeat the Earl first. So the two friends fought and defeated the Earl and New Zealand, and well, the whole world was saved. But every few years, the Earl monster returns and wreaks havoc in different places. That is why there are earthquakes. This has been story time with the Purple Cannibal Penguins. I'm Alex, and I'm here with Dane, Ariel, and Paula. We, we are, are the Fluffy Swag Spam Cats. Today we will read four Dreamtime stories. These stories are inspired by the Dreamtime stories of the Aboriginal people of Australia. So let's get started. This first story is by Paula. Why the Moon Shines by Paula. Long ago the moon did not shine. Only the sun had light. The moon was very sad. Moon often watched in envy as people thanked the sun for her light. The moon was tired of being in the darkness. So she went to ask the sun for help. Sun felt bad, so she decided to give Moon some of her light. The next night, Sun stood behind Moon to give Moon her light. When they decided that wasn't enough, Sun took little drops of sunlight and sprinkled them across the night sky. Moon was now happy. She had light and stars, so people admired her. This next story is by Ariel, so we will let her take over. Thank you. How the Sun Got a Spirit once, way back before the sun had a spirit, there was a turtle who lived in a nice green bush. He was no ordinary turtle. He had wings. But he stayed in hiding and never saw the light of day. He hid because he was very scared of humans. The only living thing he saw was his best and only friend, Snake. Snake brought turtle food every day and tried to convince him to go outside into the world. Every time, turtle turned him down. Snake wanted turtle to see the sun, and Snake thought turtle's beautiful golden shell would look even more beautiful in the sun. So one day, Snake swallowed the sun. He ran into turtle's bush and yelled, Turtle, come quick, the sun is gone. What will we do? Turtle replied, I don't know, but come outside and we'll figure something out. Snake said back, so the two friends went outside. Two men who saw Snake swallow the sun charged after them. Snake yelled to Turtle, 
Run! I'll keep them away from you. So Turtle flew into the sky while watching the two hunters trying to kill Snake. Turtle knew what he had to do, so he flew as fast as he could, which was pretty fast considering he was a turtle, and turned into the sun. And to this day, Turtle's golden shell always glimmers while he goes around the earth searching for his lost friend Snake. And Snake realized in the afterlife that instead of going through and swallowing the sun, you don't want to know how much time Snake spent looking for a ladder that tall, he could have just lied to Turtle about the sun being missing. Well, that was great. On to Dane. Five million years into the past, there was a chubby echidna with a hat. He was walking through his post-aboriginal desert streets where a big, mean caveman named Fred Wardo was eating an entire box of frozen corn dogs. Midway through his mid-morning stroll, he found a magical eucalyptus donut. Normally, he would eat it, but it said, Ah, don't eat me, and I will grant you three wishes, he replied. Okay, sounds legit. So off they went. His first wish he wasted right off the bat. He said, I am thirsty, and I need some water. So he wished for a cup of water that was the end of his first wish, and he used it horribly. I wish that I could have a donut. The eucalyptus donut replied, Me? He said, No, a good quality donut. Angry but willing, the magical donut got our echidna Egbert a donut, a good high-quality donut. Egbert's third and final wish was for a jetpack. Yes, he wished for a jetpack. So when the donut gave him his shiny new jetpack, he said, My work here is done, and thank you for kindly not eating me. Then Egbert ate the donut. The donut was furious. He raised up in the sky as a ghost and yelled, You nasty jerk! I am so mad at you. You will now experience one trillion years of drought in the desert, and you will be very, very miserable. And he floated into the sky. And that is why deserts have drought. Okay, on to our grand finale. Drum roll, please. Alex! Once in the village of the Sand Tribe, there was a little girl named Raven. Can I go hunting for the family? Raven asked. Yes, but stay by the river beside the trail. You don't want to be out there at night. Later that day, the sun was starting to set, but she had only caught two fish. She thought to herself, Just two more. She speared one fish, but it was getting dark. One more, she thought to herself. Want some help, said a voice behind her. She whipped around to find that no one was there. Hello? Raven questioned aloud. She ran back home with the three fish she caught and told her mom and dad about all the fish that she saw in the lake on the other side of the trail. Her mom told her that she could have fished there instead, as long as they both could see her. So they ate, but her mom and dad weren't very hungry because they had only ate half a fish, which was usual for Raven. Then they went to bed. She woke up to a strange clicking noise outside. It was dark, about midnight. She looked outside. There was a crow picking at the window. Who? She She thought to herself. Just a crow. But before her very eyes, it transformed into a human being, a man with very sharp teeth, covered with dark red liquid. And the dark liquid started coming out of his mouth, ounce by ounce. It ran down the front of him. He ran off screaming with the red liquid right onto the ground. Then he ran off into the woods, but he stopped, she could tell. She ran out the door trying to find him. She found him all right. But his eyes rolled back into his head as she watched him get into a crab-like position, stomach up but head backwards. Her stomach glorched as she said aloud, What are you? In a very deep, low growl, he shouted, I'm Wendigo. 
She watched in horror as the Wendigo jumped onto her, eating her alive. Listeners, we are Alexis, Urza, and Stuart III, also known as the Pink Fluffy Unicorns. We would like to read to you our Dreamtime stories. Helping us read them are Laurel and Paula. The First Solar Eclipse by Urza. The First Solar Eclipse by Urza. Once a long time ago, on an island off the coast of Florida, there was a lone gray wolf. He was searching for the someone, another wolf to spend the rest of his life with. One of the spirits from the lake in the center of the island told him to go to Toph, an animal matchmaker. She could match nearly any animal with another as long as they wanted to love one another. He had been traveling for an entire day, tromping through the grass, and had not found her. It was late at night, and he was planning on bedding down for the night. But wait! A light in the trees up ahead! It was coming from a cave in the side of the hill. Inside, the lone wolf found a bed made of feathers, leaves, and straw, a pot of stew, and a lady who seemed very old. Hello, young wolf. There's a bed here that you may stay the night. I am Toph, an animal matchmaker. Please sleep. The tired wolf went over to the bed, nodded his thanks, and slept. When the gray wolf woke, Toph asked him, Good morning, lone wolf. How long have you been traveling? The wolf could not speak, so he howled once, hoping the lady got the message. She nodded and said, I'm sorry, young wolf. I do not speak wolf, but I will guess that you've been traveling for about a day. The wolf nodded. He tried to ask her for a match, and Toph finally understood when he held up a stick on fire. Oh, you want me to give you a match? I'm sorry, young wolf, but at this point, I don't think I can help you. I can see that you don't want to wait, so why don't you go to Zuko, a less respected but more talented matchmaker? He will help you for sure. I will. T- it will take about a day to get there. I'll tell him about you by pigeon so he can think about what to do. The gray wolf nodded his thanks again for the bed and the meal, then set off to find Zuko. He lived on the other side of the forest. The wolf traveled to the other side, getting there at midday. This time, he found a log cabin a little larger than Toph's cave. He pawed the door, and an elderly man opened the door and said, Ah, hello. You must be young wolf Toph told me about by pigeon. Come in, come in, and I'll help you find your match. The wolf followed Zuko inside and found himself in a nice warm room with a chair and a bed, also made with feathers, leaves, and straw. He lied on the bed facing Zuko, waiting for instructions. Zuko sat in the chair and said, Great, I hear you want to find the someone. The young wolf nodded yes. Zuko then said, You should wait until spring. It's cold tonight, so stay the night here, and in the morning you can go to the center mento. There you will find the someone. Wolf nodded, made himself comfortable, and again spent the night in a matchmaker's home. At the center meadow, a day after he left Zuko's cabin, Wolf found himself in a beautiful spring meadow with a few female wolves. They all went over to greet him, except for the smallest wolf, a female gray. But she looked so white, she could be an arctic wolf. Her winter coat was still visible. There was nearly no gray. He went over to her and sat with her. What may I call you, beautiful? The white wolf looked into his green and eyes, saw love there and replied, You may call me Clara the White Wolf. I have never been able to get rid of my winter coat, so they call me the White. Then why don't we be together, the White and the Gray? That Gray would be wonderful. 
The two wolves then howled, and as they howled, the sun was covered halfway, so half looked gray and half looked white. The first solar eclipse. Reading this story with me, Laurel as Clara Zuko, and Alexis as Toth. The Lunar Eclipse, written by Alexis Davis. Once there was a time when animals were free to do their bidding while the humans could not go anywhere near them. One day, Bunny held a meeting at the main hollow. Everyone that showed up was turtle, dog, horse, owl, pig, bird, goat, squirrel, cat, fawn, hedgehog, bobcat, duck, and penguin. They were all members of the Animal Council. Bunny talked to the other counselors, turtle and squirrel, about what the meeting was about. Cat came up with dog and asked Bunny what the meeting was about. Besides Cat, there was Dog, who was planning how he was going to ask Cat out. Bunny told Dog and Cat that they were they would find out what this was about when the meeting started. At the beginning of the meeting, Bunny was the one who started with what they were going to talk about. The reason I gathered us all here today is because we need to discuss a matter that needs to be handled. The humans are taking most of our food, so we're starving. I felt like we should hold a meeting to decide what we should do about this. Bunny told them angrily. We should kill them! Cat exclaimed. Yeah! Everyone yelled. So now that 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 is handled, we need to decide when we will go attack them, said Turtle. We should go when the sun goes down because they won't be expecting us to attack during the night, said Fawn. That's smart, Fawn, Squirrel said. So tomorrow when the sun goes down, all the animals will attack, exclaimed Bunny. The time has come, Bunny said to all the animals that had shown up to the fight. When I say go, we will raid and kill. Okay, all the animals said. Go, yelled Bunny. So all the animals except Turtle attacked, but the humans were prepared for the attack. So the battle was a mess because the humans did stuff the humans didn't practice and the humans did stuff that the animals did not practice. The humans a couple of times regrouped and attacked. When an animal had to take a break, it went to the turtle to turtle and to get some food and water. Water while Turtle tended to some of their wounds. When the humans had to take a break, they went to the healer and did the same. Kill them! exclaimed Bunny, but then the sky went pitch black. The moon has left us! screamed Bunny. The healer is gone! exclaimed a human. No, he's right here dead! wailed a girl, so everyone, even the animals, held a burial for the human. We shall still see him as a star. We will shine as bright as the sun, said the leader. But we won't see him, for the moon and stars have left us because we have been fighting, said Bunny in a whisper. We shall make a peace treaty to get the moon and stars back, the leader and Bunny agreed. We shall give you some of our animals so that you can keep as pets so you can use them for hunting, Bunny told the leader. We will give half of the food we catch to the pets so they can give it to the wild animals. We will all get the food we need. The leader told Bunny, after they agreed, the moon, the moon and the stars came back to the animals. We, we shall, shall call this the lunar eclipse, everyone decided, and that is how the lunar eclipse began. Dog and cat fell in love, some animals went to the humans, and the humans sent half of the food they got to the animals. Credits. Alexis as narrator and squirrel. Urza as bunny and cat. Stuart third as turtle. Paula as fawn. And Laurel as humans. 
Robot Chicken by Stuart III. One day in 2046, Chicago, Illinois, there was a family of hedgehogs. The family of four was made up of two children, a mom and a dad. The children's name were Timmy, Tommy, the dad's name was Toby, and the mom's name was Terry. There were, uh, they were at risk of being hurt because they were living in the city and there was barely any food. They had to forage through trash cans. Toby and Terry were traveling through the filthy alley of Chicago City. They were very scared and because they found a robot chicken with his sidekick, Robot Turkey. Tommy and Timmy thought it was sweet that a robot chicken and turkey were sidekicks. The robot chicken was made uh, made of metal and a chicken head with organs. He was barely living and at the point of death. His owner threw him into a volcano because he wasn't doing his daily chores. It erupted and he flew into the air as he was on fire, sparks flying everywhere. This was an old TV show that was made by Nickelodeon in the 2020s. It is still popular, and the hedgehog's parents, Toby and Terry, loved the show, The Chicken Robot. This series was playing at an old restaurant, so they thought, why not watch it? So the kids knew everything about the robot chicken. The chicken and the turkey were quite scary, but in the TV show, they were good guys. Timmy and Tommy were wondering why they were there, so they asked, and he said, to save the city of Chicago. We are here to help evacuate the city from an earthquake, even though they were two feet tall. The hedgehog thought the chicken and turkey were giants, but to an average person, they were very short. The commander, Phil, told us to evacuate the city. The robots thought it would be easy, but the humans couldn't speak animal. So they called Commander Phil, who said, you have to get all the animals out of the city. Okay, sir, Toby said, let's get the house cats. That will take forever. It's fine. At least we can try. Okay, go down Main Street and then turn left and then go straight until you see the big pink house. Okay responded Robot Chicken. After they got there, they tried to go through the doggy door. Then they got in and the parents screamed. They thought it was an alien. They ran as fast as they could and squeezed through the doggy door. Okay, I think Phil meant you four. Let's go. I have a helicopter waiting. This was Storytime with the Pink Fluffy Unicorns, Urza, Alexis, and Stuart III. Also, thanks to Laurel and Paula for playing extra parts, and thanks for listening. Pink Fluffy Unicorns dancing on rainbows. Pink Fluffy Unicorns dancing on This project was on Aboriginal art, and we wrote our own Dreamtime stories, and we are going to share them with you now, starting with Brayden. This is Brayden's Dreamtime story. As you may know, bats are endangered. Anyway, there was a hunter studying bats. Just as he was reading that they're endangered, he spotted one in the moonlight, but this bat was a smart one. As soon as the hunter brought out his bow and arrows, the bat was easily gone. He saw a black figure... In the glimpse of the moon, he quickly shot again, but the bat knew he was too far up for it to be a hit. The hunter really wanted to hide. After all, the bats were rare from his part of the town. 
The hunter kept running through the trees until he came into the ran into the cliffs. The hunter got cocky and decided, Oh, wonderful, he's leading me to his home. But this hunter did not notice the shady large figure on top of the cliffs until it was too late. He noticed movement racing down towards him, and he knew this might be the la his last chance. He shot for the bat in the air just above the trees. Another miss! He reacted to the shadowy figure and climbed a nearby tree. After he got up, he shot again. The bat was smart enough to show another shadowy figure partly, so he hit the shadowy figure behind him instead. The bat had been using the night and the terrain to his advantage. The hunter knew that this must be a rare bat. The running kept going, but only until the bat had planned his home, where he could barely get in. The hunter noticed this when the bat went into his cave. The hunter ran up, started firing arrows randomly. He saved three arrows, but the smart bat had safely made it home. The hunter avoided the shadowy figures and got to his home safely, too, entirely depressed. But it was only the very next night that the bat dared to come back. Once there was peace, prosperity, everyone got along. Best of all, there was no war. At least it would have stayed that way if not for one man. There was once a man who needed to make a shelter quickly as a storm was coming. He found a tree in the middle of a grove and thought it was the same as any. What he didn't know is it was the resting place of a dreamtime ancestor. As soon as he cut the into the tree, a great evil force awakened. It thought to itself, Foolish, foolish man, thank you for waking me from my slumber. It is time to fix this poor man. <laughs> With that thought, the tree transformed into a shadowy vapor. Whenever it was near anyone, it caused them to feel a twisted sort of love, hate. It demolished the infrastructure of the world. Its name is Bellum. There's no way to put it back into slumber. We're forever plagued. The Pandas and the Evil Leopard by Lois Greena. Once there was a family of pandas. There was a mom panda, a dad panda, and two kid pandas. They lived in a cave in a bamboo forest. They were having a very nice night, enjoying a lovely fire, and having a cup of hot cocoa, when all of a sudden a leopard set the bamboo around their cave on fire and ran a little bit away to hide and wait for them. I can't wait till the pandas come running by so I ha will have a yummy dinner. <laughs> the mom panda decided that it would be best to go out the back door to get away from the fire. Wait, why is nobody coming? I have to go on to the front and get something. I'll be right back. Little did the dad know those would be his last words. Oh good, I see the dad panda. Food time! The leopard summoned an earthquake that split the ground in two pieces and the panda fell through 
the crack into the earth. All of a sudden, his spirit floated back into the air and got swept away in the wind. The mom and kids' pandas wandered into the night. They suddenly stumbled upon a cottage with a warm fire inside. There was a nice panda who gave them food, then sent them on their way. They wandered into town and found a bed and breakfast to stay until they found a new home. The mom panda sent the kids off to play in the pool while she talked to the very nice lady who checked them in. The next morning, they went into town to find a house. They found a good house to move into, packed up all their stuff, and moved into the house. And they all lived happily ever after. Narrator, Laurel Scarina, Leopard, Jacob Coram, Dad Panda, Dane Gonshood, and Lucien Petit is Evil Laugh. My name is Addie Baker, and this is my Dreamtime story. Once a very long time ago, there was a very old, extremely wise butterfly named Alara. She was great friends with an ancient peacock named Callisto, who was as equally as wise. They lived in a deserted forest. Their life was peaceful. Although their life was peaceful, they were not allowed to leave the forest. They both liked to visit their friends, the sun and moon. One day, Alara went to visit the moon, and the moon gave Alara a gift, the gift of song. Alara was flattered and thanked the moon by giving it the gift to show itself its full self once every month. That is how a full moon was made. The moon and Alara had a wonderful time, and then Alara floated back down to earth again. When Alara went, was back down on earth, she flew to Callisto and told him about the gift the moon gave her. Callisto, as wise as he was, realized that they had no one to share this amazing gift with. Alara was crushed because the beautiful gift could not be shared. They d decided to share the gift of song with the birds that flew overhead. This is why birds sing. Seven years later, a lioness named Rhea walked into the forest that inhabited Alara and Callisto, but when she got there, she didn't know that they lived there. She came across Alara and Callisto one day while hunting. They became great friends. Then Alara realized that Le Rhea could leave the forest. She told Rhea about the gift the moon gave her, she gave the gift of song to Rhea so she could share it with the world. This is how songs were made. These podcasts were done by Team Awesome and the 6th Grade Explorers. Our team members were Lily, Brayden, Laurel, and Addie. Feel free to also check the Explorers website for pictures of our dot paintings as well. I hope you liked our Dreamtime stories, and also, thanks for listening. Bye. That was Team Awesome, and as you may have noticed, some of the Dreamtime stories were a little death-infused. They're so realistic in that aspect. May you have many a nightmare. Bye! This podcast has been a production of the Pioneer Explorers Classroom at Pioneer Middle School in Walla Walla, Washington. You can reach us at www tinyurl.com slash pioneer explorers once again that's www.tinyurl.com slash pioneer explorers thanks for listening